Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy, your favorite Gray's Anatomy podcast, the world's favorite Gray's Anatomy podcast. You have your two favorite hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it's a beautiful day for a podcast. Not the podcast. No, not the podcast. <laughs> what the fuck were you doing with your fingers the whole time that's with that? Is what that what you does. Oh, were you trying? That's what you were trying nails. to do to mess with me. Oh man, nails. you gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta have the post-its net to fall off next time you're doing the intro. That was great. Not the grays. Not the grays. I can't podcast. do it. You, 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 you're better at it. I, oh, thank you. Um. Yeah. It's time for Grays. It's time to talk about another episode. And this is so funny because um, today, <laughs> oh. today is May 18th. The season 19 finale is airing as we speak. So I'll probably try and watch that tomorrow. But last week in the episode prior to the finale, they referenced Bailey doing a domino procedure. This procedure wow. was referenced last week. In season 19. That's pretty cool. I was like, no way. That is what I am about to watch. But were, were they referencing it because Bailey's still in the show in season 19? I'm not going to tell you that there's a very specific reason I phrased it why I, the way that I phrased it. And that was so that I would give you no spoilers. Mm, no spoilies. We love it. Well, listen, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode. We are very excited to have you. If uh, you have not uh, gone on to Patreon and you've been on the fence, let me just tell you, we recorded a new episode and it's great. And uh, Kelsey, we have a new Patreon subscriber friend. Would you say, like to shout our friend shout out? Shout out to Allison. Welcome to our Patreon family. Shout out. We love you. Allison. We thank you. We're so glad you found us. We're so glad you're enjoying us. We hope you enjoy all of the Patreon content. The spicy, spicy Patreon. The hot, spicy, spicy Patreon. Sp- Patreon content. I do want to uh, just share a couple words about our friend Allison. Um, you know, Allison, for as long as I've known Allison, our dear, dear friend, it amazes me. Just the the genius the fortitude, the boldness, the strength and determination. Person? No, I've never talked to Allison before. Well, that's you need to step it up because you normally do that. I do normally. Well, Allison, wait, hold on. Let me let me go on Instagram right now because usually when people follow us, I do I do reach out. Um, what's Allison? Do, do we know Allison's name? Yeah, I have it. I'm gonna send it to you because I'm not gonna say it on the thing. Okay, Allison. Allison. <sighs> but we do appreciate you regardless. Don't you get it twisted, Allison? We love you and appreciate you so so much. Um it's always it's always really great when we get a new a new Patreon subscriber because it means that we're doing our job right and we we work very hard. We um you know, we uh we try to come up with the best content possible. We try to do as much research as possible. We try to uh, hone our uh, our skills and our crafts. Oh, Allison does follow me. Okay. Yeah, I know. Allison, I shout out. I'm going to message you right now. Oh, wait. Wow, Allison. I did message you already. Well, there you go. So. Also, also let me just tell you what she said. Can I tell real- you what she said? Yeah. 
Uh, Go for it, podcast. She said that she's loving the podcast. She's about halfway through season three, uh, and she's loving hearing all of the crazy predictions that we have. And she said that she's seen the show before, so she did give a little no spoilies. So, Allison, when you get to this, I'm going to message you right now and say that we shouted you out in season five, episode five. But, uh, yeah, so you're you're getting caught up. You're probably going right. The fairy episode, were, those were in season three, right? Yeah. Gosh, fuck. Those are some good times. Uh, remember when, they, when I saw that and the fairy just, we walked in on the, the carnage. Remember that episode? That was great. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Um, so that reel that I posted a couple weeks ago, um, when we started season five, I posted a clip, the clip of Bailey saying, I forgot about God. I posted that on Instagram and like in the past, I don't know, 72 hours, it's really popped off and it currently has 168,000 views, which is what absurd. the f- 68,000 more overnight from last yeah. night to today. Yes. Oh my fuck. Oh, my phone just like blows up with notifications from it is I'm like why (laughs) i just and i'm not mad like it's just like wild the algorithm to me so if you're here and you found us because of that reel hello welcome thank you um because we definitely have gotten more instagram followers since i posted it um i also posted a clip from last week's episode um and then i'll be posting a clip i'm going to try and post more clips from the episodes um and then eventually carmen and i are going to figure out how to film ourselves recording and post clips of the of us recording our episodes and other bullshit that we do so basically everything that we do is both content and bullshit which is great that is abc always be content always be content <laughs> and abb abbs always be bullshit <laughs> truly abp always be perfect and some work to do abba always be abba i do love abba i've been jamming on some abba lately but it's not even just abba it's uh the share covers of abba songs Mm -hmm. man what a queen anyways we have an episode to do we We love grays okay i was talking about our podcast the other day when i was getting my pedicure Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the girl who was doing my nails, which she also remember how I got a pedicure a couple months back and she cut me with the cheese grater. Mm-hmm. This lady used the sponge and she still managed to fucking cut my toe. She was very sweet. If you're listening to this, Mia, you're great. But also you cut my fucking toe and you knew it. You were very apologetic. It's OK. But my toes are nice and squeaky clean now. Nice and soft. So you were talking to her about it. Oh, I was telling her about the podcast. Yes. Sorry. Uh, squirrel brain. I was talking to her about the podcast and, she, and I was like, have you seen Grey's? She's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? What do you do? And I was like, yeah, I do a couple podcasts. And uh, she's like, well, what, tell me about them. And I was like, well, have you seen Grey's Anatomy? And she's like, duh. And I was like, okay, so no spoilies. And she's like, well, I've only seen the first two seasons. And I was like, okay, so you haven't really seen fucking Grey's Anatomy, but you're out here saying, duh, calm it down, but also let's talk. Remember that time Dylan fucking exploded? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> When Carmen killed the bomb guy. When I... Whoa! (laughs) Um, Also, shout out to my friend Cassie. If you ever get this far in the podcast, she's starting a Grey's rewatch right now. Uh, So hopefully you get caught up with us. um, All right, let's do our thing. So, also, we're on Twitter. I had another tweet. Oh! Was it the video? No, but it was the link to our episode. Um, But I have, like, talked to other people about grays on twitter so 
Um, this is episode five of the fifth season and is episode 83 overall. And it is called There's No I in Team. And that's a song. It is a song. And it's a song by. Hold on. Fucking damn it. I hate Taking Back Sunday. By Taking Back Sunday. Are you a fan of Taking Back Sunday? Uh, I mean, I'm not in, like an active fan, but I definitely had some Taking Back Sunday like on burnt CDs in high school. Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge um, Taking Back Sunday fan, but I know that there's a lot of people in my life who who are. And no no disrespect, I think they were actually at a riot fest one year when I was there, um, and I I maybe saw them for a little bit. Um, See, I felt like these. This was going to be like right up your alley. I'm kind of surprised. It's a little. It's a little too too heavy for me. Like it's not. It's the song. Okay, so hold on. First off, uh, there's no I in team was a song that was off of the Tell All Your Friends album, and it was released on March 26, 2002, under the Victory Records label. Um, now. This this album uh, was one of their first albums, and the singles off of this were Great Romances of the 20th Century and You're So Last Summer. Now, There's No I in Team did not uh, specifically chart, but the album did uh, did chart, and it reached as high as number 183 on the U.S. Billboard 200. Um, and it reached as high as number eight on the U.S. independent albums. So it did have a little bit of uh, acclaim, and uh, it got uh, three out of five stars, Rolling Stone magazine. I feel like that's worth noting. Um, but yeah, this song, I was not a big fan of Taking Back Sunday. It's it's The music is good, but actually the singing I was not a big fan of. Um, so so I, I, A want you to know that it got a three out of five Carmen stars, but it did not get downloaded to the iTunes library. So, um, but the lyrics are, I'm pulling them back up right now because I lost them. Uh, actually the, the lyrics I kind of, I kind of enjoyed. So, um, I think this kind of goes in the same vein as like we're you were going through like this therapy arc. There's one of the one of the quotes in the song is take the time to talk about it, take uh, think a lot and live without it. Uh, Don't believe me when I tell you it's something unforgivable. And I think that line right there was something that I wanted to call out because everyone in the show has something that they're dealing with in one area or another. And we're slowly getting some of these details and um and I think that's just a very interesting thing. Whether or not it is forgivable is still to be seen, but everyone has just some shit that's going on in their past. So mm-hmm. uh, I like I like that maybe that wasn't the point of it, but that line definitely stuck out to me. So yeah. Anyways, that's what I got. Thank you, Taking Back Sunday, for writing a song that was good, but not good enough to get downloaded <laughs> into the Carmen iTunes library, which is like a but vault. But good enough for Shonda to name an episode after. Good enough for Shonda? Well, you know, I think uh, one of the songs that she has coming up uh, and Bridgerton is titled Punk Rock Art Show and uh, Freight Trains. It's not, it's that not. makeup? Also, Bridgerton doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't practice the same naming system. Do you think there's going to be a Grey's Anatomy episode titled Punk Rock Art Show? No. Season 20, episode one, Punk Rock Art Show. I don't think so. I do Season wonder 20, what, if they would have one. to ask or if they would just do it. 
Like, I don't know what the rules are. Well, I mean, a lot of these aren't like trademarked or copyrighted. I don't think like the, just the title. I don't know. Shonda, if you're listening, just know. (laughs) Also, I wanted to say that to you. So for the season 19 finale, um, because of COVID, they've been doing like zoom table reads or whatever. And so the season 19 finale, which again is the episode that is airing tonight on uh, May 18th, uh, was the first in-person table read that they have had since pre-COVID. And Shonda actually was there. Wow. I knew she came by to visit all of her friends. I thought that was really special. So I loved that. Did they give her a Disney pass while she was there? Too little, too late, am I right? I don't know. People can, people change. People forgive each other. Look at you I mean, and me. She forgave them enough to come back on the set, but I think she's yeah. doing okay with her Queen Charlotte spinoff right now. I don't know. She's, she seems like she's hurting. She's on the real <laughs> tail end of her career. Yeah, she's really <laughs> only the like the highest paid TV writer ever. Yeah, she could be doing she's better. She's striking, it's though, fine. probably, because, you know, they're not treated well enough. Someone at work the other day said, AI is coming to take our jobs. And I was like, well, that's actually the reason the writer's strike is happening. So, <laughs> and they looked at me and they're like, what the fuck? Like, what are, are you? You're cultured. You know what the writer's strike? And I said, I know everything about everything. You don't Only bitches. because of me. <laughs> and we are back. Podcast. But we do still stand with the writer friends. <laughs> we they do. are still 100%. out there. If we were in LA, I'd, I'd come down to the lines and carry the funny signs. I tell you what I do love is because they're all very witty writers. All the signs at the picket line are hilarious. They're so funny. Fucking love should, them. Should we go? Should we just go right now? Expense it to, to the podcast account? Yeah. Yeah. Just go stand in front of the Disney lot. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, pay writers, stream Grey's Academy. <laughs> yeah. Honk Gray's Academy stands with the writers. <laughs> wait, wait, what was that? Honk if you hate the corporate overlords. Is that from something? I just don't. I just say corporate overlords a lot because I feel like that's those are the people that ruin America. Oh, yeah. yeah. Late stage capitalism. Oh, what fun. Okay. Um, this episode was written by Jenna Bonds and directed by Randy Zisk. And it aired October 23rd, 2008 to 14.2 million views. It's kind of around the same. I feel like same. we're going down. We're going it's down It's kind of hovering right now. That was kind okay. of the same as last time. Um, this The Netflix synopsis is Bailey heads up a domino procedure in which each, each surgery hinges on the one preceding it, which I feel like is a, like, that's the main plot. I don't really have an issue with that. It's Derek and Meredith Derek also is a piece of shit. <laughs> I if you're on Derek's side, I swear to fucking God. I might be on Derek's side. Uh, Hold on. I want to differentiate. Agreeing with how Derek handles it and being on Derek's side are two different things. I want to make sure that I am very clear on that. That's fine. You're still wrong. Okay. Okay. So the recap for this episode is George passed his test. He's a doctor now. Lexi loves George. Erica and Callie go on a date. Derek and Meredith had the clinical trial. Izzy and Alex have drama and Ellis's diary is there. Um, so yeah, this the, is the episode with the domino surgery and yeah. Derek and Meredith's trial was published and only Derek got credit. And Derek thinks that that's how it should be because he's a piece of shit. And 
This is the episode where every single one of Carmen's predictions were correct. <laughs> yes, because last week Carmen said that there would be the threesome and that uh, George and Lexi would have sex in this episode. Those weren't my only two predictions. I also predicted that Callie and Han would have sex in you this episode. You did predict that, but you also predicted the threesome. And then there was something else. I was, I'm going to be honest. I was going to re-listen to the episode to figure out what your predictions were, but I was very, very busy listening to some multiple podcasts about the Vanderpump Rules finale. And that's fair. Oh, podcast. It's taking up a lot of my brain space. Fuck. I get it. Emotional bandwidth is very, very spoken for right now. Well, okay. Let's, let's, uh, do you want to just jump right into the fucking, um, Derek, Derek and Meredith bullshit. All right. So Derek gets published in an article for the shepherd, the shepherd method on his clinical trial to use a live virus into people's brains. Mm-hmm. Okay. To kill a tumor that is otherwise a death sentence. Yes. So, and they also use a garbage picture of him. Like he looks <laughs> shitty and he thinks it's good. Like, I don't know. Mark was also he going? It's good. I don't know. Mark's yeah. Mark, what a, this is a weird episode for Mark too. I love Mark. Uh, yeah. He, he, he was fine. Ultimately I like him and I really did think maybe there was a chance at a threesome, but we'll get there. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so Meredith, I, t- I, I can tell right away that she's frustrated. Um, th- this gets announced, and I I thought for a moment it was going to be just the fact that she wasn't in the picture as part of it, but it, she wasn't mentioned at all. She was given no credit for all this. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between. Um, we get kind of this back and forth where I don't agree how with e- how either of them are handling uh, communicating to each other because there's no respect. Uh, but then we get, you know, obviously that end scene with Bailey and she kind of puts a little bit of an, an, into perspective, but here's my thing. All right. My thought is Derek's point of if it all fails, it's on him. If it all succeeds, it should also be on him. I don't like that. But this is like the medical world. She's she's literally just getting into her residency. She's fresh out of. And yet she is the one with the idea. Okay. The idea and the execution are two different things. She is, he literally can't do it alone. They physically had to do it together. It cannot to, be done by one person. To be clear, I'm not she, saying that she should have been cut out completely. Here's I don't think that it should be called the shepherd gray method. If that failed, there's not going to be an article about it failing. There's just going to be like, you had a clinical trial. It didn't succeed. Who, that's not going to be announced to the world. They're not going to get a bad, a worse picture of him and put an article out about how this clinical trial didn't work. It's not equivalent. It doesn't get treated the same if it fails. No, no, I, I, listen, this is, this is a classic. And we even have the situation where Meredith is like, he's like, I'll, Derek's like, I'll, I'll call him. I'll call him right now and I'll have him edit it. And it's a classic. It's like that movie, The Breakup with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. She wants Derek to want to do the dishes. 
right? Yes. She wants him to want to put her name in the article. He wa- she wants him to be like, you deserve credit. And he doesn't think she deserves credit. When she came up with the idea, found the patients, did probably the bulk of the background work, and also half of the surgical work, because again, cannot be administered by a single person. Remember all the staring in the eyes because they had to do it at the exact same time. I'm now remembering all the staring into the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I... I'm not saying that I might be being convinced in this moment. I don't think it should be the Shepard Gray method. I think... Also, it shouldn't be called the Shepard method. Just fucking call it the Carmen method or something cool. Just be like... On the name of a medicine. I don't understand. Like amoxicillin exists. That's not named the shepherd. The shepherd strep throat antibiotic. <laughs> like, it's just amoxicillin. Like imagine being the person who came up just with the gonorrhea it. medicine. <laughs> All right, yeah. you've got gonorrhea. Let's give you two two uh, two uh, five hundred milligram pills of Mognolo, and uh, it's you'll like be good. That episode of Friends where they're like, "Oh, he's got a Ross." <laughs> Yeah. Like none of the doctors know what's on Ross's ass. I don't They're like Joey's like, <laughs> maybe they'll name it after you and be like, Oh, he's got a Ross. I don't remember what we were talking about the other night, but I, we like, we were watching a TV show and, uh, Jessica said something. And then I go, Jeba flip flu. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get it at first, but Someone was speaking French in a TV show, and I was like, Je vais flip flu. <laughs> and she, like, didn't get it. We almost divorced on the it. spot. Thank you. Thank Jessica, you. come on. Step it up. Yeah, listen to this podcast. Listen. Please. Yeah. Please, she, Jessica. She, come on, Jess. Subscribe to Patreon. I'll <laughs> let you pay for it with our own money. Um, but anyways, so, yeah. Okay. So, I, I, I think that my, my beef is... It should if it was called the Shepherd Gray method right off the bat, or if it was, I don't know. Like they they had he had to have known an article was being written about him, yeah, because they would have talked to him, yeah. So that I think I have more issue with the logistics of leading up to it. Of why was it published mm-hmm. without her in it in the first place? Yeah, I agree. Once it was published, I don't think that you edit it, but I do think that Derek was being a piece of shit and saying like, oh. You're because of the time in your career, you don't deserve credit. No, it's the way the world works. Yes. But that doesn't mean you don't show empathy to this person who helped you out. And also this person who helped you out without being your girlfriend, but is now also your girlfriend. I was about to say, like, Bailey makes a good point of being like, it's not simple because you're also fucking her. Right. It's messy. It was her idea. You're sleeping with her. You're her boss. And you're getting all the credit for this thing that she worked her ass off for. And now you're calling her silly. Which is wildly condescending and yeah, and calling sexist. her a a baby like mm-hmm. yes, she's in her career as a baby, but you said you're still a baby. Like you need I'm to dif- differentiate between those baby. two. <laughs> All right, Taylor, calm down. Come as a cat. Everyone's favorite Taylor Swift line. Everybody is a sexy baby. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. What an yeah. odd thing to say. So odd, um. But yeah, so that's. I think that's my beef with it. But yeah, I, it's it's um. I do agree she, with the the issue is on both of them as far as communication goes. We don't need like the petty, 
I'm not going to tell you how I feel. Oh, it's fine. It's a great picture. Oh, I hate that picture of all, all that stuff. Like we can skip that, but that's also par for the course with the two of them. So I was nervous that this was going to send them into a tail spiral and they're going to break up because of it. But <laughs> and that's how like basically everything is. Yeah. Every I'm on pins and needles with their relationship yeah. for sure. Every time they blink, you're like, Oh God, are they going to break up? Oh no. Why can't they have a solid relationship? Like Monica and Chandler. Mm-hmm. They never once took a break. True. Oh fuck. There's a fucking spider. You and the spiders in this room. I, he's gone, guys. He's he has to. He doesn't like bugs. He has to kill the spider immediately. He can't God, wait. He's getting a shoe. Spider. Maybe fucking maybe he's shit. Cock. Fuck. Where did it go? Fucking spider. Fuck you. Fuck you. This always be content. Ah! ABC. Fuck always it. be content. <laughs> Dead. Dead ass. Dead ass. Fucking spider. Bitch. Carmen records in his basement. <laughs> Sometimes there are bugs there. Did you hear all that? I was yelling. Yeah, no, I, I heard it. I'm sure our friends did as well. <laughs> all right. We, uh, we're back, everyone. Hello. I killed the spider. Also, I'm sorry if you're one of those people who thought that I should have saved that spider and moved him to the outside. Respectfully. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it I depends. Don't. Normally, I try and just get the bugs out of the house but it kind of depends on the bug i'm gonna be honest and also what my children are doing because sometimes it's too much to try and save a bug when there's also a baby and a toddler yeah remember in florida with the roaches and shit oh my god the fucking palmetto bugs yeah no thanks so annoying and scary they could have eaten me alive, I'm sure. Uh, okay, so anyways, anything else you want to share? I like that Bailey's kind of the one at the end who talks some sense into him. Bailey had a really good episode this episode. Great episode for Bailey. I don't, I mean, I like that it's Bailey because like it's always Bailey, but I don't like that Derek needs an outside person to be like, hey, don't be a piece of shit. Like you shouldn't need an outside person. You should just like have the wherewithal to be like, did I say thank you? Yeah, it's I think um, I I think back to last episode where Derek makes sure to differentiate to Izzy and Alex like when I am at the house, I'm your roommate. Yes, we'll dick Mm -hmm. around. It'll be fucking fine. I'll steal $20 from Alex to pay you back and then I will I'm not going to have pizza with you. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. the home version of me. When I'm at work, I'm a different person. And I and I, I kind of see a little bit of that here of there's Derek in the relationship with Meredith who can be a piece of shit in one way. And then there's the professional Derek who's a piece of shit in a very different kind of way. And he's yeah. And the lines just get blurred with the two of them. I mean, since literally like that's the premise of the show. So, right. (laughs) Um, so it's just frustrating. Like, because for me, when you need someone else to be like, go tell them, thank you. Then the thank you doesn't feel genuine. Like it doesn't feel like you're actually thankful. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I I do think that he is in this moment, but like, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Like you need to be able to like know that you should tell someone, thank you when they do something for you. Yes. I, I understand where you're coming from because Jessica and I, over the course of our, uh, 12 plus year relationship have had, arguments and i think it's the same thing with like uh, the i'm sorry right like yeah if you say i'm sorry just because someone tells you that you need to say sorry doesn't mean something right 
And I think, yes, the short answer is yes, because I also believe that his thank you was genuine. Yeah, I do think I agree that he does. I, it's just he like gets a there. that he needs someone else to tell him that. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, he should have, you know, Derek, you should use some therapy, too. <sighs> so much therapy. The theme You're of the show broken is, in a different dear way. God, please go to therapy. <laughs> Anatomy. Yeah, seriously. Get Norman up in here. Yeah. Everybody therapy. Norman, Norman really, well, he can't make a comeback now. Wait, no, the, no. the act, actual actor is dead, right? Yeah, he'd passed yeah, away. Yeah, he'd passed away. In Amy Sherman Palladino land. Right? I mean, he passed away after Gilmore Girls ended, but before the revival. But that's her That's her name, right? Amy, Amy Sherman yes, Palladino? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, I finally saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. It is good. Is good. No spoilies. What did we watch recently? I haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet, though. We did see that. That's good. Okay. No spoilies. Enjoyed that. Talk about a fucking shit sandwich, right? This guy, the guy who plays Kang, all the drama oh. right now. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with that. It's I'm not well weird. read on it, but it just, it, it sounds like he's dropped. It sounds like he's done. It, uh, yeah. And if the allegations are true, he fucking should be. If they're yeah right, if they're true, and I'm inclined to think I'm I'm always inclined to believe, um, oh uh, of someone who is an abuse victim, um, you know I hope that it's not true because I don't want someone to have gone through abuse. But I also then it's like well that means that the person's lying, so it's like a very tricky situation. Like I just I hate it, you know. And but kind of from what I'm reading about the history that he had pre Hollywood it seems like he kind of had a reputation for being a piece of garbage. And then he went out to Hollywood and was like, Oh, I'm going to readjust my image and like be this really like great, sweet guy. And like, everyone will want to work with me. And like, that's kind of what was happening. And then, um, you know, wherever you go, there you are. I mean, I do think people can change, but at the same time, like it doesn't seem like he was changing. But again, this is all just what I've, read on the interwebs so right take it with a grain of salt but yeah, yeah well not I not agree. to go too far down the rabbit hole but i guess my question would then be like how how much grace and forgiveness do you give people like like how i'm not when saying you're hitting somebody like when you're violent for for the record no, i don't I'm... know what any of the allegations are i haven't read any of this like i know there's allegations i don't know what they are uh he uh beat up his girlfriend okay so like shitty physical violence yeah in the terrible. relationship yeah uh but so is that so that's the line that's what it's, i'm saying like I what think, i think i like to say i know it's really easy in a lot of situations and i think every human being i'm doing it right now is guilty of to some extent making like painting with a broad brush right i try and be more conscious oh, about saying like you know gray areas are present i try and take everything that I can like on a case by case basis. Like I'm not going to say like, Oh, this is always this way. And this is always this way. I always be like, Oh, you know what? I think, you know, it's sometimes you just got to look at things differently because if something happens in my relationship and the same thing happens in your relationship, it's still not the same because the background of the relationships are different. So, but yes, I mean, violence is always wrong. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's anyways, this is this is like a total off off yeah. 
off conversation. It's it, it could go down a million. We could have an entire podcast and just literally not even talk about grays and just talk about that. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we I think it's just we'll we'll leave it at we stand with uh, abuse victims and uh, yes. hope that the people who have wronged anyone in in their life, man, man, woman, or other, um, we hope that, justice that is served. Justice Always. is served. Yes. Speaking of justice, did you watch Jury Duty? What the fuck is that? You got to watch Jury Duty, dude. I guess I just, you got to, I'll tell you later. We'll talk about it. We're going to, let's talk about Grace. I'll talk about Jury Duty later. So anything else with uh, the Derek and Meredith uh, sub storyline? Like I, there's, there's a couple of other, I think things that I, um, uh, there's, there was kind of this in the beginning was a little bit cute because she presses the button and she goes, uh, um, what do you like? Wh- Derek's like, it comes faster that. when I press the button. Yeah. And She's it's like, you probably fucking think that <laughs> the shepherd method. Yeah. Um, and then I when like- she says, if Derek needed a kidney, I wouldn't give him one. Cause he would take the credit and say that he grew it himself. <laughs> yes. That's, that is me. That is such a me thing. That is so fucking funny. Um, yeah, there's, it's like relatable because you're like, Oh my God, that's so petty. And like, just communicate. But by the same token, like I do the same shit. So like, you know, that's what makes it relatable. (laughs) Yeah, it is funny. And then, but I do like the end where ultimately he gives her one of the kidneys and it glows, which did, they didn't explain why I would like to know the science behind the glowing kidneys. Thank you very much. And Christina's obviously very jealous. And then fucking the end <laughs> scene. I knew he was coming back. I called it. Didn't I guess that? I think I predicted he would be back. Well, you said, will he be back? And I said, I'm not going to tell you. And then you said, okay, so he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I predicted 100% accuracy that Mr. Dr. Army Hunt is back. Yeah. Um, so uh, I did want to mention the website that I typically use as a source for a lot of stuff said that in kidney surgeries, like kidney transplants, they actually don't take out the bad kidney. They just put in the extra one. So then like there would be no kidney to put in a jar, but I don't know if that's accurate. So, but they would have to, if they had two kidneys, they would have to take out one of the kidneys. No, no the person receiving the kidney. Like if you have two kidneys right. and one of them is bad, they're just putting the extra one in. So they're not taking one out. But you would have to take it out, right? Like you no, can't okay, just have so a bad kidney thing. floating around in there. So here's the thing about the human body that like I feel like the education system does not explain well. Because I feel like as a child, you're just taught that it's like a puzzle and everything fits perfectly and there's just like no extra space. That shit is literally just floating around. And I know this specifically about my ovaries because my ovaries are not stationary because when I had to go before my surgery and they couldn't find my ovary because they were doing an ultrasound and they couldn't find it because they just float around. So they had to get another person to come in and be like, where's our ovary? They had to get another person to come in to push on my stomach because my ovary was behind something else. They had to push it out so they could look at it. So the kidneys, you're just floating in your body. I'm just saying... Based on the ovaries, I don't think that things are like have to be like, oh, it's not a perfect puzzle piece where it like only fits one way. Okay, I'm I clearly need to go back to finish my med school because (laughs) 
this is all like you're speaking a different language to me. That's insane, though. Also, I thought it was weird. I guess we're talking about the kidney thing now. Um, <laughs> they they take it's it comes out in a plastic bag. They're taking yeah. out the good kidneys in these plastic bags. Yeah, I, saw, I noticed that as well. That and feels how? like something that like someone would have told, like a medical professional would have told them to do. Like the person yeah. that's there to to tell them whether or not things are accurate. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I've never but, seen but it. But like I don't that know why though. that's the case. Because then Meredith proceeds to drop one on the floor. So <laughs> Yeah. Like, I that's can't when the even... bag would have been handy. <laughs> right. Five second rule. We're all good, guys. Hilarious. Um okay, so yeah, the domino surgery is occurring. Bailey has been working on this for a long time. Um, six people need kidneys and six people are donating kidneys. They all have to like work like seamlessly. Otherwise like someone could drop out or something could go wrong or whatever. So it's a definitely a dominoes house of cards, you know, and I've seen this in medical shows before scrubs, scrubs definitely had a domino surgery. Uh, I think it was for livers. It was for something, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where you know trust goes into it. These family these family members aren't going to do something just for a stranger willy nilly. Mm-hmm. I get it, uh, but yeah, very interesting. And this was not what I saw coming. When oh yeah, when, I was going to ask like, what did you think was going to happen? Because like obviously something's got to go wrong. But like, what did you think the wrong thing was going to be? I I assumed it was going to be someone backing out of the surgery. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy cliche, but. Um, for a second there, I thought someone was going to die beforehand and then uh, the surgery wasn't like then one of the surgeries wasn't needed to give the person a kidney. So someone was going to back mm-hmm. out because of that. Um, so so that was one of the things. But when you have all of those surgeries simultaneously taking place, you know, obviously anything could happen. But I did not see. Also, living in living in Shondaland is going to be easy here uh, for one of these. But fucking Charlie from Scandal yeah. uh, goes in there and he's been cheating on his wife for three years. Yep. With like someone who is clearly very young. Yeah. And dumb. I am so sorry. This dumb idiot thinks that. Well, yeah. Okay. It's just kind of, it's just like, it feels like maybe she's so blinded, she's being blinded taken by advantage love. of blinded by love. Okay. Yes. Take it. Okay. No one, no one, in, no one in the show is flawless. Okay. So even this right. woman here who is an idiot, she's, she's not, she's not, you know, the other guy is, he's, he's not perfect. They all suck clearly. Yeah. Three years, three years. And then she's like, Oh, I'll just give him my kidney and he will have to choose me. Shut the yeah. fuck up. That, I will say that's dumb because like, don't now you've given someone your kidney and you know they're just they're just still being shitty yeah ladies i don't care how old you are never ever do anything for a man like that <laughs> i gotta say do you remember earlier when we talked about painting with a broad brush painting with a broad brush i don't care if you've been together for 60 I mean, years listen, don't give I that am, man your kidney i am the driver of the men are garbage bus like i will like stand right here and tell you men are fucking trash but like if you're in a loving <laughs> committed relationship i feel like it's okay to do something for your husband 
<laughs> or your partner or whatever. But like, yeah, she definitely shouldn't have done that shit. That's a married man who is also, yeah. I guess, someone she works with. Yeah, that's fucking. And he's like a piece of <sighs> shit, too. Yeah. He li- and then he has an anxiety attack when he's like, you need to tell her I'm going to die right on the spot. <laughs> um. Also, wait, can we talk about PJ? Do you know who PJ is? You know who that is, right? Uh, Is that Burr? Yeah, yeah. 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 It took me a while to figure it out. Yeah, because he's so young. So young. You know what it is, though? It's it's the mouth and the teeth that give mm-hmm. it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way he moves his mouth when he talks is so distinct. Yeah. Also, when he talked about uh, shooting Hamilton, that was like a dead giveaway. What? <laughs> he didn't. Okay. Also, for for the record, let the record show, I actually did not make... I knew I recognized him, but I didn't re- know where I recognized him from until I just said he was Burr. Just now. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't He's Google He's also it. in an episode of Gilmore Girls. Oh. Post-Hamilton? No. Oh. Pretty Hamilton. That dude ain't doing nothing on TV post-Hamilton. <laughs> Straight to the red carpet. Um. God, he's so talented. Um, so, yes. Who else? I don't know if anyone else is really that interesting as far as the domino surgery. It's mainly just those those two that were intriguing. Three, I guess. Yeah. The, the, dad, the dad and son dynamic was very interesting. Also, mm-hmm. like, fuck, right off the bat, he's like, am I still getting the $10,000? This is unethical. <laughs> This is terrible. It's like I don't know if it's legal to buy an organ, even if it's from family. Still illegal. (laughs) Also, Uh, another fucking weird ass Grey's Anatomy timeline thing. Um, Alex says it's October. In season four, there was a Halloween episode, and season four is also when they are first residents. So this is like, what's happening? It's Shonda Twilight Land. Literally. Uh, it's the Shonda, Shonda Land Twilight Zone. Twilight Land. Shonda, Shonda, yes, thank you. Speaking of, man, I would love to ride Tower of Terror right now. Same. God, Fucking I've seen like Disney. the crowds are so low this week and I'm like, why? Why am I not there? Also, my license isn't suspended anymore. Hey, oh, <laughs> fuck you, Florida DMV. God, Florida's a piece of trash. Um, okay, so wait, sidebar. I am sick and tired of people telling me that DeSantis is a good guy. Who is telling you that? T- too many people. Too- I know a lot of people who are like staunch Republicans who do not like that man. I just which <sighs> makes me feel happy. It's and all, maybe I'm a little bit jaded because I going through Jess's hometown. There's mm. just Trump 2024 flags fucking everywhere, everywhere. There's Trump 2024 flags, and I was talking to someone, and they're like, you know, here's the thing. Like, I mean, and you get this because you lived in Florida. Like, DeSantis is a good alternative to Trump, and I'm like, do not, do not he's loop me into this. Terrible. Do not tell me because I lived in Florida, I see that he's a good alternative to Trump because Trump is not a good alternative. No, they're all garbage. <laughs> Sorry well, to get on a political deep dive here, guys, but both of them are trash. Also Biden also Biden. is not yeah. great. <laughs> there's a there's a Bo Burnham song where he says, how is Joe Biden the best case scenario? And I think about it 700 times a fucking day. You <laughs> like that AI, that AI shit I sent you? Yeah. <laughs> so bad. 
Um, yeah, we needed Bernie. He like understands the system enough to like do the terrible shit that he says he's gonna do. Florida's a fucking hole. I'm glad yeah. I don't live there anymore. Yeah, good to visit. Good to visit. Mm-hmm. But I have to stay in Orlando. You you ain't gonna catch me going to Pensacola. Anyways, um, Jacksonville. Ugh. All right. Florida sucks. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? So the funny, the funny scene that kicks us off is Bailey explains everything, and then one of the guys is like, "Uh, what?" And then Lexi's Lexi just rattles it off, and she's like, "This guy mm-hmm. get that, that person get that." Blah 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 blah. And then what does Bailey say? She's like, "Okay, anyone who doesn't have yeah, a those, photographic memory, mm-hmm. go fuck yourselves." No, it's in. It's on a board in the conference room. Yeah, same thing. Lexi is just so great. She is so precious, but I, I get a little annoyed in this episode. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a little she's a little dumb. We'll I get to just her later. Don't. It's not. She takes it a little too personal. That George is oblivious. Yeah, yeah. So the the scene where Mister it's Mister Walling, right? Mr. Mm-hmm. Walling and his son, PJ, who is yeah. Aaron Burr, sir. And uh, love doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. And it takes and it takes Kidneys and it takes. don't discriminate. Kidneys. Man. Um, also, wait, you finish your thought. I, no, I was just going to say, I like that. I like that. Alex and Izzy both kind of have this moment of uniting and they're like, Hey, I know that we're like not in a good spot, but we need to talk to Bailey about this. And they go to Bailey and she's like, uh, if you're saying what you're saying, you better damn well be sure because that is bullshit and illegal. And says as someone who stole an organ herself. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, damn. I I wish she might as well have said, dear God, Izzy, if you cut any of their LVAD wires, I will shank you. <laughs> this is my day. God. This is about me. And she even says that at one point. She's like, this is yeah. my fucking day, you morons. Yes, yeah. it's going to take all of you. This is 12 surgeries. This is my day. My day. Good for you, Bailey. Yeah. What as were you going to say? Uh, that's what I was going to say is oh. uh, as someone who stole an organ herself. Fucking, fucking calling it a Christmas incredible. gift. Also, I'm. I feel like I'm saying the f word a lot tonight. I'm just. I'm just riled up. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry I missed this extra. one. I wanted to call this out when we were talking about Derek. When Meredith drags Derek for filth and says they can't call it the Shepherd Gray method because then people would think you actually had help. Mm. Oh, sick bird, Mike drop rock away. So that's yeah. a stanky burn. I just we were doing so good. <laughs> But I'm not talking about it in a, in, in I, the way that you you thought. I don't like it's that a hot, word. Hot spicy content, but that was a stanky burn. It was a sick burn. It was a sick burn too. Psych. <laughs> um. Anyways, yes, good episode for Bailey. Great episode for Bailey. So many good speeches. Yeah. So Stan's wife. So okay, yes, Lindsay Stan's little side piece um, has an explosion. Not the what Dylan she kind. she thinks is an appropriate time. And Stan's wife overhears and figures out that he has been a terrible person for, I guess, most of their marriage. And she's just looked the other way. Um, yeah, she said, she th- I know there's been other women. Like, wh- why are you staying? Okay, let's not. Let's Broad not- strokes, people. <laughs> 
again, it's easy to pass judgment on fictional characters. Um, she says, oh, I thought it was always just sex, which, you know, some people that's like, you know, they're like, okay, go get sex. Shut up. Who cares? Like, it's not, you're not in love with anybody else. Who cares? Different people feel different things about their relationship and that's their business. Um, and, but then she says like, oh, but she's giving a kidney for you. That's not just sex. That's family. So clearly for her, the line was, um, emotional connection, the kidney. It was the kidney not, line, not just a physical connection. Um, and so then she, you know, doesn't want to give anybody a kidney because then Stan will have taken her dignity and her kidney, um, which I understand where she's coming from, but, but it's not just about Stan. Although Stan is a piece of shit. Um, agreed. Uh, and so Bailey gets to give, you know, a, a classic, great, excellent perfection Bailey speech where she is like, you know, I can't coerce you. I'm not allowed to have an opinion because giving a kidney and saving five people's lives is a very personal matter that you have to decide to do on your own. And I can't force you into saving the lives of five other people when you don't want to do that because it's the lives of five other people. <laughs> um, you know, she does, she gets, she gets around it via the loophole. She paints a blurry, blurry, <laughs> narrow line across ethical and unethical in this scene. It's fine. She says it's like that. It's like saying with all due respect and then saying something super shitty to someone. She's saying, I can't convince you to do this because there's really, really good laws in place that keep mm -hmm. me from doing it. But let me just tell you why you should give this kidney up right now. Let me tell you why those rules are there. <laughs> Their, their rules are in place because people like you could find yourself in a spot where you could save five lives. Is that what you want? Uh, yeah. uh, 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 wink, wink. to say. Who knows? Also, I don't know why I have this written, but uh, the, the I wrote that the girl is deranged that she would want to donate her kitty to force a guy to choose her or his wife. I said, that's fucked up. And then I quoted, the people are leading, the people are rioting. I don't because know what... That was related maybe, to. Maybe you realized oh, 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 it was oh. Aaron Burr. It was no, no, no. It was it was when um they were like, oh well, if she's not doing her kidney, then I'm not doing my kidney, and that's when I said the people are leading, the people are rioting. Oh, <laughs> the people are leading, the people are rioting. We saw Hamilton, um, and, and we will again. <laughs> hopefully, you will again for sure. When, when you and I saw it, I was seeing it again. Ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Um, okay, so um, what else was there with the kidney thing? We got the scene with PJ like, and his dad. Yeah, okay, so the whole backstory with them was, what did you think it was before they explained it? I just assumed that he was a shitty dad. And it, yeah. it sounds like he was just distant because he had to put a lot of work in because the mom died and the kid just didn't handle that well. Um, so yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't remember that the mom died and I was like, oh, I guess he just like left him when he was young and now he's mad cause he came back. But then he said like the mom died and I like made poor choices, which I definitely think, did he say how old he PJ was when the mom died? I missed it. No, I he, think I don't so. think he said it, but he, he made it a point to say like, they didn't talk for like a year and yeah. it took him months to months to track him down. Yeah, which uh, is wild. 
Which is why, yeah, that is wild. But to me, the way that I gathered that information was that the the mom died and the dad was like, he just said he needed to work long hours to make ends meet. And Mm -hmm. he put work before his family. And well, he and grieved like, in his own way or whatever. Were you doing it to make ends meet or were you doing it to kind of like not address the fact that, you know, your spouse died? Because I know, right. um, you know, my mom's mom passed away when my mom was like 13 and my grandfather kind of just poured himself into work because that was going to be how he, how he helped, how he kind of dealt with it. So different people deal with trauma in different ways. And I kind of think that was like, that's kind of, I think some, something that I could have taken away from it, especially when he's like, Oh, I made mistakes. Cause then he like realizes like when you, that's valid to be like, I don't, you know, know how to process this, you know, the love of my life, my spouse, my partner, my passed away. Like I can't imagine, especially having kids, but then like you still have the kid, you still like, right. Owe it to that kid to like, be there for them but that's a very hard thing to just say obviously like i've never been in that situation and so i feel like it could be easy to bury yourself into something else to not deal with that but then you know yeah like to your point the kid is then dealing with essentially the trauma of losing two parents so it's wild yeah and it begs the question why do you write like you're running out of time Um, so yeah, I do feel like, I don't know. It's hard to say because I just wish that we like had more backstory because he's such like, he's so angry. Um, the, the kid is so angry, PJ. Um, and I just like wish that there was a little more explanation on how it got so bad, but at the same time, you know, it's the trope of like, oh, he's sick, he's going to die. So I'm going to like be sad and forgive him. Yeah. And the lead up, the lead up to that, we can get to in a moment after uh, I think we should pause for okay. a couple of messages from our regional sponsors. And we'll be back after these messages. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be red pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to-be-read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amico Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we are back. 
Thank so, you to our sponsors. We love you, sponsors. Thank you for paying us money to be on our show. And uh, listeners, do what you want with that. You know, <laughs> like just listen to them or don't. Just listen to us. It's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell your family. So, okay. What did you think about the scene where, so Alex like expl- uh, explodes on this guy, right? Like yeah. he kind of has this, this weak moment where he explodes on PJ and then there's, there's like a redemption arc, a little mini redemption arc within the episode. Right. Um, and I guess we could finish talking about this topic before we go into everyone's, you know, favorite segment, living in Shondaland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's finish this up. Um, well, yeah, I think there's that? the whole thing with him and Izzy, like leading up to this is, is such like a web and like all tangled in together and very like, it makes sense that, you know, Izzy siding with the dad and Alex is siding with the son because, you know, different right. just personalities and different life experiences. But I think they're both, you know, they're both basically being like just picking sides without all the information. And Alex even says, like, oh, well, he must have done something bad. And Izzy's like, no, it doesn't matter. He's sick, which I feel like it does matter. You know, ultimately, yes, he does come around. But I don't know. It's just like the whole storyline with her and Alex makes sense. And and then when when Alex, like, explodes on him, I feel like I like it. He does a great job. But I don't super understand the motivation behind it. Yeah, it uh to me it it just seemed like you know last episode we get Alex saying I can't be mad at anyone else. It's just you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in this moment he just happened to have someone that he could be mad at and take yeah. some form of anger out on. It didn't feel justified. I'm glad he did it because ultimately it brings them back together, but this this whole dynamic with the dad and the son was a very pointed it was it was just chances for for Alex and Izzy to throw jabs at each other all fucking right, episode. Right. So Yeah. I think Alex Alex was mad at PJ because he's doing the same thing to Izzy. He's blocking himself off yeah. emotionally, being a dick in the process at mm-hmm. every chance. So, but I'm glad ultimately they, he, he goes to his dad. He's like, I love you. Yeah. Doesn't say it, but does he say, I think he said, I love you. Or he said, dad, I'm worried. Or I'm like, he says dad. And then he cries and holds his hand for sure. Yeah. I don't know. He may have said, I love you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it does seem like, so when you look at the PJ and, and his dad dynamic, there is. PJ's mad and he's taking it for granted that his dad's going to be fine. So his dad's going to continue to live for him to be angry at. And then when the reality hits of like, Oh no, he's we've done this thing and he's still going to die. Then that is like, I mean, as soon as Alex says he had a seizure, like you can see it change in him. Like, Oh, like, yeah, he's mad at him, but he's not so mad that he wants him to die. I think, you know, maybe there's a part of him that's thinking like later in life, you know, maybe we will get past this. I don't know. Or he's just like, well, I'll just be mad at my dad the whole, my whole life. Yeah. And it's just, it's so that, that I think to me is, is movie tropish where it's, oh, the trauma is going to bring us all together. Everything's going to be fine. I mean, he's going to die. He's well, he looks like he's going to live. He's going to die. 
And I my official prediction Weber is he lives. Being like five out of six, not too bad, because Bailey's like clearly upset that one of them's gonna die. And Weber's like, yeah. who gives a shit? I'm like, damn, dude. Because for the most part, this is a better Weber episode than the past couple that we've seen this up this season. But like that part was kind of icky. I didn't love it. Yeah. And Bailey kind of is like, yeah, you're right. Okay. I'll wear my good clothes tomorrow for the interviews when the news outlets are here. Okay. You're right. Weber. Yeah. But then she ends in a good spot where she brings Lindsay, right? The the lady who was getting cheated on. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can't. Yeah. Mrs. Chen. Yeah. To meet the family of the people who got her kidney. Yeah. And I think it's a good, it's a really good uh, kind of a, uh, like a sobering moment for Bailey even. You know, I think that's, she's like, look, you didn't give your kidney to your fucking deadbeat husband, right? Like, mm-hmm. you yeah. gave it to five people. You saved yeah. five lives. And that's a really cool moment because also Bailey saved five lives. Mm-hmm. Also mirrored six. by the girl being like, I gave up a kidney for him and he hasn't made a choice. And Christina's like, he has made a choice by not being here. Yeah, but he's alone. He's yeah, he, he goes, who's going to care about my urine output now? No one, yeah. Stan. <laughs> no one. Rightfully so. Yeah. You know, our our girl Christina had the quote mm-hmm. of the whole fucking episode, though. Uh, so <laughs> when they're when they're actually doing the surgery, so we skipped the whole part of actually doing the surgery. But yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> she cuts the surgery and then some some urine squirts out, and she goes, "That's quite a geyser of urine, sir." Yes. And that goes in the category of things that you can say in surgery and in sex. I don't uh, painting with broad strokes. <laughs> <laughs> the theme of this episode. Um, Urine colored yeah, paint. That. And I, it's, it's kind of, I like kind of liked it cause it was just like a subtle nod of Christina actually like being in a general surgery, but also enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, like this is cool. Like I like this. It's not cardio, but I like it and I'm, and I'm still succeeding. Like she's still an excellent surgeon. Yeah. And then Weber's like, oh, that's the way you know you did a good surgery if uh, mm. piss just gets everywhere. <laughs> There's just pee shooting at your face. Just take it. If you want to take your mask off for a second and get a quick taste, go for it. Okay. You know, settle that's down. how that's aspartame really, was invented. That's not true. Look it up. Guy was doing guy was uh, working with kid with with uh, livers and uh, aspartame was derived from a liver are enzyme. You, are you lying right now? No, no, this is real shit. Are you lying or are you doing a bit? No, no, this is not a bit. This is real. You're lying. No, I'm That's not lying. That's not how aspartame people, was invented. People, listen. Yes, it, it's liver enzymes from the body. Okay, you know what? Just fucking Google it right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Okay, we're going to take a brief break for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. I was going to protest this, but I decided not to. So uh, give it to me again. Try it one more time. Let's, let's do this again. Take, take, take it from the top. Living in Shondaland. No, the whole the whole thing. The oh whole thing. my god, Carmen. We're gonna take a brief break for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Chandeland. Living in Chandeland! I was holding back laughter that whole time. Your so, your look fight. on your face is so great. We're gonna fight. Um we have 
one man and three women. All right. The guy, Charlie, the Charlie guy yes. from. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. You nailed <laughs> it. However did you guess? <laughs> That's the one guy. Uh, and three women, you said? Yes. Um, I'm going to guess his ex, soon to be ex-wife, Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay is his mistress. <laughs> so oh, are you guessing his wife? his wife or his mistress? Who, what's uh, the, the, the name of his, his, uh, his wife? His wife is what I'm, what I I'm guessing. I think it's Karen Mercer. Karen Mercer. Yeah. She, she's one of my guesses. Is that, am I right? No. Nope. Okay. Well then Lindsay. No. What the fuck? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, that sucks. Okay. Well, I'm wrong. All right. Who are the three women? Mrs. Chen. Ah, Mrs. Damn it. Chen's sister. Ah, and damn Mrs. it. Mrs. Patel. Uh, Mrs. Patel. Just one of the other people getting a kidney. Okay. All right. So. Um. So George Newburn, who played Stan Mercer, is in '69. <laughs> nice. Episodes of Scandal and one episode of Private Practice. And Eileen Fogarty is Mrs. Chen's sister. She was in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, Rajni Career is Miss Patel, one episode of Station 19. And Rin Hanami is Mrs. Chen, one episode of Private Practice, which eventually we'll watch. Also, I didn't do this in the first episode with Owen. He was part of Living in Shondaland, but I didn't want to tell you because he's in Station 19. He's in four episodes of Station 19 and he plays Owen Hunt. And I didn't want to tell you because it was going to be a giveaway that he would oh. be back. So I just want to throw that out there now. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So, yeah. Also, just so you know, you can Google the story about uh, aspartame and how a guy was doing work with livers and he licked his finger against regulations and safety protocols and aspartame was derived from that so but that's not pee i said liver you said i was making pee. a joke about i was making a joke about pee yes but i said the liver surgery with the liver just listen to this episode and just realize how incredibly right i am and this is a moment where you're Common dead has never wrong been right in his life <sighs> that was a fun but living now. in Chondaland. Pretty pretty obscure people though. I think two of those yeah. three women didn't even have talking lines. Yeah, I'd say probably. So, um, um, anyway, so it's it's fun. I like that the we we get to see a fun side of Weber in this in this piece. You know, you get uh, they're going to the hornet's nest. Uh, you know, did he say that? Yeah, he said the surgery what? is a hornet's nest. Oh. Ah, uh, that was a good Andy Samberg impression. Nest. No, not the hornet's nest. And I like that at one point Weber was like, hey, uh, Bailey, we're uh, we're real lucky that lady changed her mind, huh? And she's like, yeah, sir. We are. So lucky. Oh, my God. So We've she never changed been lucky. Also, mind. he was like, fix it. Yeah. And then also, she does. I need to know if someone out there is listening to this podcast and you have insight. Is it coercion if you just convince someone to go to the original decision they made? That's a fair question. Am I crazy on this? Like, did did you have any thoughts on this? I think it's a fair question. I didn't think about it, but I was like, I think she's just presenting her with the reality of the situation. But when, when definitely, um, 
multiple episodes before this, like where they kind of like get that, the, like the old man to make, make his, his daughter, like at the directed donation to himself, that felt a little like coercion-y. And I feel like there was another one with George and Weber where like they don't show it, but it definitely happened. I don't know. I don't really remember the one with. So also I forgot about that episode with the guy and his daughter where some fucking asshole kids threw a brick off the window and killed her. That to me feels less coercion-y because it's his dead brain dead daughter and he's just using her kidney or whatever it is. This one. And, and and, uh, to be, to be clear, I don't fully know the ethical ramifications or practices for hospital settings in in the health field like this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to put an asterisk here. But it doesn't – I think the difference to me is if you walked up to someone who had no desire to donate and they're like, hey, like you should really think about donating, that feels like coercion. But if I walk in and say, I'm going to do this, and then you change your mind, it doesn't feel like coercion to say – hey, dude, like, man up and do the original fucking thing you plan on doing. Yeah, you said you were going to do it, and all these people are counting on you. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't understand the difference between those two, That's but if fair, you are listening. It's a fair call out. Um, I know in future episodes of Grey's, and I want to say in multiple other medical shows that I've watched, they talk about, like, an ethics board, and they're like, oh, we have to, like, run this by the ethics board and see if this is, like, ethical. And I'm like, it's probably... I don't know. <laughs> Ethics are such like a objective thing. You know what I mean? Like, or subjective. Like subjective. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It just is so like, it's very, it's, it's not like the, the whole concept of ethics isn't black and white. The whole concept of ethics is basically like gray area and not painting with a broad stroke. With broad strokes. Right. Painting with a, a singular horsehair yeah, on seriously. a dab of paint. A uh, small, small, tiny dude. Yeah, yeah. That so okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one who was was confused about that. But, anyways, I think that's I think that's all the notes I have. Uh, fucking Meredith dropping a kidney. Are you <laughs> kidding me? So funny. And of course, it's like when she's trying to like make a point that she deserves to be acknowledged for the fact that she had this like groundbreaking medical trial. Yeah. But she can't Gosh. even carry a kidney. And it's the one, it's the one that they're like, oh my gosh, it's not turning pink. It's not pinking. Yeah. And it pinked. It's, it's fine. Uh, we do it. We did. I think it's also, also worth noting that we get a little bit of a, a good Weber scene towards the end after the surgery where, you know, obviously Dr. Wall or Dr. Mr. Walling is like getting ready to die and mm-hmm. his, his shit is failing yeah. And he had a good kidney and the person who had the bad kidney is, is or the fine. fall the dropped kidney is fine. And Weber's like, it, you do the things you can, you do, you don't do the things that you can't like you just, he's like, we can only help so much and we can also only hurt so yes. much. Like that's a good line and it's a yeah. good. It's also kind of worth noting that we really line. haven't gotten like a lot of Meredith and Weber together since he screamed at her and she blamed him for her mother trying to kill herself in the yeah. season four finale. Like we really I was just have not, that. like that has not been dealt with. It's almost like they, 
just enough time went by and they gave each other a head nod and were like, we're cool, right? And then that was it. Yeah. They just moved on. For now, but, it's gray, so. Yeah, it's gray area. Um, so I think that's all the notes I have for the kidney domino effect. I know well, we have I a couple like other. we didn't really talk that much about the Alex and Izzy, like, back and forth. Yeah, because they have the that? whole like explosion in the stairwell where he's like, "This yeah. is your problem," and then she's like, "I'm so sick of you being nice some of the time and being an asshole the rest of the time. Like, get it, just fucking pick one. I'm sick of your shit." Which, Which is, is true, but also what he says is true. Like, stop getting so emotionally involved. How many times are you going to do this? Like, yes, yeah. that kid is being a piece of shit, but like, you don't have all the information. Like. That man is yeah. buying an organ. That's also shitty. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> For Christmas. Yeah. Stocking stuffer, you know? The early stocking stuffer. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The, the the Izzy and Alex dynamic is just very... It's very interesting because we, we when we get this end scene, she's like, I care about you and I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go force, crazy. I'm not gonna try to, to kill myself. That and force you to understand that. Yeah. And Alex is just like not wanting to let it happen. And then you get kind of this moment where she's like, it's not too late for us. And I wrote down, search your feelings, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) You know it to be true. You know, you care about me, uh, Alex, you dingleberry. But I just, I don't give a shit. If you would have asked me in season two, it would have made sense. There was a lot of lead up to it. I just don't get Alex just spent the last two seasons fucking Ava. Yeah, and I mean, I asked you about this last episode, and you were like, "They're not. They're not getting back together. It's not well, happening." I predict now that they're going to get back together. <laughs> and then Olivia's. It's, I just don't get up. it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't see just, the lead up. They're just pretty people. They just all the pretty people have to fuck all the time. I mean, good for them, you know. Um. Yeah, I know I mentioned it, but I just really like that Christina scene where the girl's like, I can't believe he still hasn't chosen. And she's like, bitch, he has fucking read the room. He's not here. Yeah. He has not asked about you. He has not called. He's fine. And he doesn't care if you're fine or not. That is a choice. When people show you who choice. they are, believe them. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that that was a quote in uh, my speech my at my wedding. Quote. It's a pretty famous quote. So, hmm. um, did not know that. I plagiarized yeah. Maya Angelou in my wedding speech. Jeez. Um, okay, so uh, I think that's all I had for the dominoes. Also, scroll really quick. Boop, 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 boop. Oh my fuck! Can't believe it's three a.m. already. Yeah. Um. Five second rule. Hilarious. Um. Uh, Doctor Weber comes in. Who dropped a motherfucking kidney in my motherfucking hospital? <laughs> That's what it would sound like if Samuel <laughs> yeah. Jackson was Doctor Weber. <laughs> I would. I would watch a parody where Sam Sam <laughs> Sam L. Jackson is uh is Weber. You know he's That's... from Chattanooga. Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, but he likes to say that he's not because he did not have a great time here, mm. which is understandable. Is it because he was black and Chattanooga's pretty racist? 
it's not racist now. Uh, yeah. It may have been racist when he was a youth. I mean, listen, there's always racist people everywhere. The South gets a bad rap, but everywhere there's racist people. It's a bummer. But Chattanooga is actually very blue right now, which is nice for me. Good. Um, we love to see it. But you know where's you know yeah. a place where I will never live ever? Texas. Mississippi. Mississippi. I'm sorry if you're from Mississippi, but y'all are racist. Get your hey, shit together. You don't know that everyone. Okay, is. broad strokes. You're right. I forgive it. I'm going to take it back. The people mm-hmm. in charge. The people in charge. The old white racist <laughs> people in charge are racist. Racist. Those racists are very racist. <laughs> Those fucking racist. Um, listen, Tennessee's not looking great right now either. So it is what it is. At um, least Beto O'Rourke lives in Texas. I don't the know. The good of news any... is I like to write strongly worded letters to people and they respond once. And then when I write a second strongly worded letter, they don't respond to me again. So mm. that's our government, guys. That's both Tennessee and federal. I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> it's annoying. Make sure you're all registered to vote. Yes. There's going to be. Um, the primaries coming up before, but the primaries um, and then. Also, like, call your senators, write your senators, write your representatives, call them. Like, even if you think they're doing a good job, tell them that. Like, just, like, communicate. These people are technically public servants, which means they are employed by the citizens of this country. So you get, we have to be the ones that hold them accountable. We end up in the way that we end up now because there is no one holding anybody accountable. It's fucking obnoxious. Yes. And that is my soapbox. <laughs> it's a good soapbox. Charged Um, up youth of America. (laughs) So, yes. Um, Also, Mississippi, I am sorry. (laughs) You're not all racist. But I respectfully will never live inside of you. But there are some things in the news that are bad. But that's true, again, for a lot of places. It's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so... uh, What should we talk about? So the end scene with Alex and Izzy. Were you surprised? Or just confused. <laughs> I'm more confused. It, it, at this point, truthfully, nothing about Izzy's character surprises me. She could do the... Ever since she killed Denny, uh, nothing <laughs> surprises me. And she got really away with it. you feel like she killed him? Yeah. That's interesting. I do. Okay. I, I think, think that he could have... But She cut the Elvad wire. She absolutely cut the Elvad wire and stole an organ from another human being who had the legal rights to that organ. It's you. There's a lot of butterfly effect things going on with that Izzy thing, but Denny maybe doesn't stroke out and die. Maybe Denny has different coverage. Something happens where Denny lives. If the, if he waits, if the Elvad wire doesn't get cut, if he gets, if he lives on that for a couple more the weeks and he gets is, a different he transplant. Specifically said, if I don't get this hard, I'm not waiting around for another one. I'm just going to leave, which was going to be a death sentence. Like he wasn't going to survive outside of the hospital. That was the whole thing. And that's where Denny needs to get his shit together. And someone needs to tell him, Hey dude, don't fucking do that. Just live on this that's machine. That's what she did. She said, what about me? What about me? When you go into the light, Look at me in this prom dress for making you, you for making me love you. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. I think that was Izzy Stevens. Izzy Stevens, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. I'm a model and a doctor. And I grew up in a trailer park. Because of D's titties, I am debt free. That's not why she was in a trailer park. 
No, because of D's titties, I'm debt free. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't blame her. Use the saloon gifts that your mama gave you. Right, George? Thank you. All right. But yeah, I didn't see that coming. I was I was a bit confused. Uh, not shocked. Not appalled. Fine. If they want to be together, she cares about him. Whatever. Okay, fine. Let's talk about the real couple of the episode. Callie and Han. Yes, Callie and Han and Mark and all of their shenanigans. Or We should acknowledge that Callie kind of cheated on Han with Mark to learn how to pleasure Han. Do we think they're exclusive? I think when you're investigating if you are into a same-sex relationship with someone who's also investigating a same-sex relationship for the first time, regardless of it's been if of its of of if it has been clearly laid out or not, I think there's a level of uh um, exclusivity to that. I understand what you're saying, but I think um, you and I come from a place of like not really ever having dated around. We're pretty much just like monogamy people. So I feel like we aren't the ones to say for sure. And we have definitely not ever explored same sex relationships. So we can't speak to that experience. But um, I think though the realm of Grey's anatomy is very much, unless you say you're exclusive, we're all just going to be fucking whoever we want. That just seems to be the world of this hospital. I also don't know. I don't know if they fucked. I think we'll also, again, that's going to be a very, that's a, that's a, that's a, a line that you would need to, to, to figure out and, and, uh, make sure you're speaking the same language there and define that. But, if you're just giving someone oral sex or fingering the girl, is that actual cheating? Yes. But is it sex? No. Oh, you mean Mark and Callie? Yeah, Mark and Callie. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think um, that he took his penis and said, let me show you no, no, how no, to no, have sex with a woman with this <laughs> yeah, penis. that's not what he was doing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to agree with you there. Although why he was topless made no sense. Like, I guess he didn't want to get the... incredible topless. I'm not saying he doesn't. He looked great, but like it made sense for no, her to I'm take her pants off. Truly, I think that is why. From a oh, like they just production said we need a standpoint, scene. they were like, yeah. "Take your shirt off because you're a hot person." They were objectifying him. I know, fair, as a man, fair. you feel yeah. that constantly in society. Is that's the whole purpose of men in entertainment is to be objectified. So you have yeah. my sympathies. I've never Honestly, experienced that as a woman. Most most times in my conversations uh, with people at work, I have to go. Um, excuse me, I'm up here because they're looking exactly. at my dong. So you understand? I get it. Um, yeah. But it's my fault for going to work with no pants on. So <laughs> it's your fault. You should. It's their fault for not firing you. <laughs> <laughs> I am a victim here. <laughs> um. So. Yes, Callie tells Mark that it was bad, but we don't. So what what in your mind, what happened between Callie and Erica? So I be appropriate and respectful. I'm going to be respectful. The way that they first described it was that Callie couldn't go down on Han. Yes, I agree. But then later on in the episode, it sounded like 
Callie faked an orgasm that Han was giving her. Yeah, it was very, I feel like it was um, unclear because it sounded like Callie was just saying like, oh, I couldn't do it. Um, and, and Eric is like, oh, I, I had fun. And I'm like, well, what fun did you have? Because it sounds like you didn't get to have an orgasm. And then, but did Callie, but Erica did go down on Callie or, or that she didn't. And they were just messing around. It's, it is very unclear. And I think left up to interpretation, obviously then when Callie explicitly says, I don't like not being good at something. So show me how to be good at this. That is, she wants to be able to perform oral sex on Erica successfully. And Mark is going to show her how to do that. Yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those things where I'm like, I, the way that they presented it to to show us the issue versus what the actual issue was they were trying to describe to me seemed like there was a disconnect. Yeah. It didn't sound like Callie didn't enjoy like the kissing or the mm-hmm. feeling. It, it to me it sounded like uh when when Bailey's describing, you know, you when you visit the when you have the local cuisine, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it sounded like Callie didn't enjoy the yeah. oral sex providing oral sex to yes. to Han. Mm-hmm. But then again, later on when Han was like, Oh, I had a good time. You mean like you didn't have a good time? And then Callie kind of has this moment of where she like doesn't say anything and she's like, Oh, like you didn't have a good time. Yeah. Like you didn't orgasm. That's to me, that was kind of like how how it was. But also TV does this this kind of tropey thing where they're they're saying, Oh, I had fun six times. You had fun. Yeah. It was like six we had fun six and a half times. Right? Like yeah. Yeah. you're talking about yeah, that's orgasms. Definitely like a tropey thing for sure. Yeah. I agree. So that when when they said that, I was like, Oh, so they're talking about an or they're talking like she she like Han came and Callie didn't. Like I wasn't really hundred percent sure on that. But it's enough happened to where Han felt like it was a good time. So it wasn't nothing. So I don't know. I, I get that Callie's like, Hey, I want to be good at it, but she's Han just puts her hand on her back again. And then Callie's like, I don't like, I don't, I can't do this. I can't do the sex and the touching. I can't do any of it. Yeah. Like none. She's like, yeah. And then Erica just leaves and she just lets her leave, which kind of sucks. Yeah. She because just lets her leave. The thing is, is every time Callie has some sort of emotional breakdown around this, which to be clear, justified, you're trying mm-hmm. something within your sexuality that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Han, Han's character has shown that all she needs is to communicate. Just yeah. fucking talk to me, Callie. Mm-hmm. And then Callie just shits the bed and doesn't talk to her. Until she walks in later and is like, well, I need, I need, I'm going to go find Mark to literally ABC my vagina because I need to learn how to do this to, to Han. Yeah. And then she does it and then they seem fine, but I just don't understand why they couldn't just talk through that. And Callie just should have learned her lesson by now that she could just talk to Han. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Again, the communication is lacking. That's what makes the show a show basically. Um, so it is very convoluted. And and while this is going on, Mark is essentially having a crisis because he's upset that Derek has like made medical history and Mark hasn't. So he's like, I'm going to do a clinical trial. I'm so great. And then Derek is like mocking him and Callie is just asking him for sex advice. And he's like, I'm bet more than just sex advice. And Callie's like, 
no, you're not. And then, and then Callie's like, I need you to teach me. And he's like, I'll show you the Sloan method. And it's very, it's a funny wrap up to that whole thing. Yeah. He goes, uh, it won't ever be in a medical journal, but it, but it should. should be. <laughs> <laughs> also, when he's looking at the picture of Derek, he's like, is this a real picture? The man has no pores. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man. It also is worth noting that uh, Callie brings us all up to to Mark earlier in the episode. And he's like, "Ugh, this is just sad. And she's like, you love talking about this stuff. And he's like, I like it when it's hot. This sounds terrible. Oh, yeah. You're making me miserable. He's like, I can't believe you would tell me that one of you didn't like this. This is my nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. He's funny. I feel like Mark and I are very similar in a lot of ways. There are some similarities. I won't disagree with that statement. Yeah. We both have great hair. We both have good beards. Both have, we look exactly the same without shirts on. Both of us are identical. (laughs) Both of you wildly successful plastic surgeons. I'm a double board certified uh, ENT as well. He also has a band. It's called Gallery 82. Um, Okay, so I think really the only thing we have left to talk about is the intern and the George and Lexi. Okay, let's do this. Okay, um, so... George is a doctor now, so he Wait, gets interns. Also, everyone, did you just hear Kelsey just mom the shit out of me? She's like, all right, Carmen, stop fucking talking about you and Mark. We have a podcast to do. No, no, no. It's just the basis of our entire relationship. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What were you saying, mom? Um, so George needs interns. So they're all like trying to decide who, which interns to give them throughout the episode. And they like, and my favorite is the cafeteria scene where they line them all up and like, judge them like cattle at a fair hilarious um christina's like i think i'll keep lexipedia she knows many things and she doesn't smell like shit <laughs> like steve does um yeah. so it's funny and then um at the end weber and bailey come across them all like basically they've made trading cards for their interns which is psychotic <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, it's terrible, but it's gonna, very funny. It is very funny, but I'm going to read what Bailey says because it's funny and it's worth getting getting correct. Um, Bailey says, oh, you think I got to choose my interns and I picked you people because you're all such a surgical dream team. And then to Alex, she says, you, you're lazy. To Izzy, you're whiny. Butterfingers over there, downright depressing. And you, Yang, you're just annoying. <laughs> just think that's funny. So then, um, well, then Weber, Weber just, shoots her a look and is like, "The fuck! You were <laughs> five minutes ago. You were one of them. Yeah, like five minutes c- ago, you ethically forced a woman <laughs> to <laughs> maybe do something unethical. I don't know. Yeah, fuck. Um, so he just like randomly grabs the cards and assigns George interns. The interns are all being shitty to George, which." I understand it's definitely like an awkward transition to go from being their peer to being in charge of them. I feel for George. And it's instant. Um, There's no transition. He passes his test. He's a doctor. That's it. But the, the thing 
so also uh, when Christina keeps saying like, you need to just like shit on them. You need to get the power. Yeah. And she says to uh, one of the guys, <laughs> it's fucking uh, brutal. Gray here is going to become a surgeon while you dig ditches by the side of the road. Yeah. It's brutal. And then Lexi goes, it's effective. <laughs> like, oh my God, Lexi. Ooh, yeah. she only says that because she's not the one being roasted. Right. And she probably never will again because she's a genius person. Yeah. So um, the end scene, take us away. So yeah, George is like in the locker room giving them notes or instructions or whatever. And they're like, you need to chill George. And then they leave and he's like, oh, they should call me Dr. Malley, whatever. And then Lexi's all like, you didn't even ask for me. Like, I help you study, I decorate your locker, I support you, I'm there for you, and you didn't even ask for me. I'm in love with you. Basically, she doesn't say that, but she's like, you don't even see anything I do. Like, I'm an idiot and you're a jerk. Screw you, Dr. Dr. O'Malley. Like, okay, I understand that, like, that her feelings are hurt, that he didn't ask for her, which honestly, even as, like, a friend standpoint, you could have feelings hurt about that, but by the same token, like... Wouldn't you rather your friend not be your boss? Cause then it's like lines get blurry and like, it's hard to kind of like enforce things when you're in charge of your friends, like whatever. Um, so I understand that, but like, I don't know. I mean, yes, he should be thankful that she helped him study and he should be like, thanks for decorating my locker, which we also didn't talk about. <laughs> she came in to do and all the, all the other guys, like original people are like, what the fuck is happening? Why is she doing this? Well, they also have that conversation where, uh, Meredith, I think Meredith tells Christine, like, you just, you just need a fucking intern. And that's when, Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lexi's like, well, statistically speaking, actually interns are more likely to go ahead and let the sexual abuse happen because they won't report it from, from a, a resident. So, not that I would want to be taken advantage of by a resident, but, uh, <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I just feel like I understand, like, if she feels, you know, like he's taking her for granted, I understand her feelings being hurt, but there does come a point where it's like, what is it that you want from him? Because you yeah. haven't told him you have feelings for him, but you want him to know you have feelings for him and you want him to have feelings for you. So, again, we're just at a lack of communication and then, like, people getting their feelings hurt. So, I don't know. I feel like it's, that's it. it's, it's to me, it's a bummer because clearly she does have the big feelings, but I, yeah. I think it would have been different if George would never have like friend zoned her out, out loud to her. Yeah. Because then you could make the, the case that she doesn't truly know where she stands. Well, you go back to the Christina telling this girl, he made his decision. He, mm-hmm. George has made the decision that we know of to this point. George yeah. sees you as a friend. Now, I'm not saying that that won't change because, like, Lexi is a catch, right? She's mm-hmm. she's beautiful. She's funny. She's smart. She's brilliant. She's the whole package, right? Mm-hmm. And George is, like, fine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why people keep liking him. Yeah. He's married Callie. He slept with Izzy. He slept with Meredith. Now Lexi's in love with him. He slept with Olivia. What is it about this man? Yeah. He's kind of a I'm schlub. I'm not seeing it. I mean, like, last episode was great, but I'm still not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. So 
to me, I still think that there's a chance for them. I think that George is going to do my prediction is George is going to do some grand gesture to apologize to Lexi and he's going to, it's going to click and he's going to go like, Oh, she loves me. I do love her. She isn't just my best friend. I I love her too. This is great. So it's going to happen. It's going to be great. They're wonderful. And I predict they end up together for at least an episode. Um, I also just wanted to note, um, when, um, uh, Derek and Mark are talking and Mark says, when Michael Jordan uh, scores, no one cares about the assist. I just thought that was a good line. Anytime you can use a Michael Jordan reference, I'm, I'm totally good. Uh, So for me and, and kind of looking at the, the, the scenario that we find ourselves in for, I mean, not just the, the Derek and Meredith thing with the, the shepherd method, but also with Lexi and George, it's Gray's is, is kind of building this storyline of people being oblivious to the love that's happening, but the love just doesn't make sense for me. I don't always understand why these people are in love with people. Yeah. And then the people who are in love with them are like, why don't you notice? Yeah. Why don't then, you love me as back? As soon as they tell them, they then immediately love them back. Yeah. That's it. That's another TV trope. Yeah. So You're it's like, just frustrating. Oh, I never thought of it. And now I'm in love with you. Um, it's it's a glass shattering moment that I can't unbreak now. It's mm-hmm. it's all broken on the floor. All right. Let's uh let's rate it up. Let's rate it on up. Rate it. All right. Can I go first? Yeah. We haven't explained this for a while, but just so you know, uh if this is your first episode listening, we do a one through five scale. Uh we go through med student, intern, resident fellow attending one through five. And this one for me is a resident point one, a 3.1. It's just okay. It's an episode of Grays. It's good. The moment where the kidney fell on the floor, that was wild. The domino uh, surgery is very great. Uh, but like, it's just okay. Like I, the episode to me didn't have me like hanging on the edge of my seat. Like some of these episodes do. And you know, there wasn't a scene where my breath was completely held uh, where it happens as well. So yeah, 3.1 for me. What about you? Uh, I'd say same. I'd, well, I'd say 3.3 just because I think the domino surgery is cool and, um, I enjoy that, but, um, the, the rest of it. Yeah. It's an episode of Grey's, you know, not terribly dramatic. Derek and Meredith are annoying. Izzy's annoying. George is also there. You know, it's just fine. It's obviously setting things up. It's kind of a filler, but there is a pretty cool medical aspect. But as far as like the personal aspect, it just kind of seems like a filler setting up for what's to come stuff. Yeah, with Dr. Hunt returning, which I'm assuming he said when he said that throwaway line of, oh, I'm starting a new job tomorrow. I'm assuming he's going to work at the hospital. That's my. Yeah, yeah. not at the bar. No. So So. any predictions I can I can tackle for? I think I predicted what I wanted to during the episode. I I do think that Lexi and George will eventually get together. I think George is going to do a a romantic gesture next episode to be like, I am sorry. I do see you. Let's make this work. Uh, Han and Callie, I predict, will again try to have sex and successfully have sex next episode. Uh, you I still think, think there will be a threesome. I think I think I'm, I'm giving up on the threesome. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I held then, on to it and I held out hope for a long time, and I I, I think I'm giving up on the threesome. And then, um, uh, m- do you think anything with Mark and anybody? 
then, or are you just he's just gonna be vibing? I think he's gonna vibe for a little bit. Yeah. Um, George and Lexi, you said Mark, or sorry, Alex and Izzy. Sadly, I think they're gonna get together and fuck. <laughs> I'm not um, happy about it, but they're gonna, they're gonna fuck. Do you want to predict anything with Owen other than that he's gonna work at the hospital? Oh, him and Christina are gonna bone. Oh yeah. <laughs> There, there's too much hot, spicy, sexual tension there. It's gonna happen. Okay, uh, I think that's it as far as everything goes. Yeah, you predicted it during the episode. That's, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so anything else you want to add before we say our farewells? Uh, no, I do think it's important to note that I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dag, I may and astonish. The problem is I have a lot of brains, but no polish. I got to holler just to be heard. You with have a lot of polish. Knowledge. Thank and you. No brains. Huh? <laughs> so you're like opposite, but maybe that means you rough, won't kill Hamilton. A shiny piece of coal. Trying to reach my goal, um, my power of speech. So we did just record some Patreon content. So if yes! you would like to check out our Patreon, you can find the link. In the episode description or our Instagram bio, follow us on Instagram, Grey's Academy Pod. Follow us on Twitter, Grey's Academy Pod. Email me, Pod at gmail.com. Follow us individually on Instagram, chaoticallykelsey, karma.gabriel.official. We are just doing shit constantly. It's a good old time. Um, uh, please continue to share us with your friends, your families on the socials. Um, tell everyone you know, everyone you've ever spoken to, if you watched the season 19 finale. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to watch it tomorrow, I think. So if you want to chit chat with me about it, go for it. I'm here. I'm here to serve. But remember, if you see Carmen, definitely don't say shit to him about season 19 or any other times because. Yeah. Don't say shit about season 19 or station 19. And mm-hmm. we will no spoilies. See you all in the next one. Have a wonderful week, everyone.